Brilliant. Thanks, Julie, ever so much. So we're in the middle of a series called Forgotten Sayings. Things that Jesus said that when it comes to living our ordinary everyday lives, it's easy for us to forget. We might remember them in our heads, but forget their implications for our lives. Today's saying is this one, I'll be back. Who first said that? No, Jesus, you muppet, because it's in the Bible way before Arnold Schwarzenegger. He didn't say it first, although he did somewhat later take Jesus' phrase and say he'll be back. Jesus said, I'll be back, on the eve before he was crucified on the cross. It was a Thursday evening, and it was the last time all his disciples would be together, and they were sharing the Passover meal. And what's so brilliant about uh, what happens at that meal and why it was so good uh, for Jesus to speak in that way at that time was that that meal had become a visible, living uh, demonstration of why they could trust Jesus and his words. You see, as part of that meal, Jesus said this, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. They were troubled, his disciples, because they did not know what was ahead. And in that sense, they share our universal human anxiety. In some ways, we are all from time to time troubled because we do not know what's ahead. We do not know what tomorrow will bring, And we do not, at the end of it all, think we necessarily know what our ultimate tomorrow will bring. And so Jesus speaks to them as he would speak to us in the heart of our lives, where it's so easy to be anxious about what's next and then anxious about our ultimate next. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Instead of living today with the freedom and vitality of life that Jesus has for us, we can find that life squeezed out because of our anxiety about what might be coming. I don't know about you, but if you're about to go on holiday and you know there's something to face, you want to face it first and then have the holiday. It's not much of a holiday if you know that you have to come back to something, that there is something else that you are waiting uh, to face. I'd rather put the holiday off and then once it's faced with, But we can live life as if there's always something still to face. And what kind of life is it anyway, if that's our reality? Always anxious about tomorrow or the ultimate tomorrow. So Jesus' final words to his disciples just before he went to the cross were these about worry. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We can live, says Jesus, without fear. And in these moments, in those moments that he shared with those disciples, he explained to them why. The world is divided into two types of people. Those that love Marmite, give me a cheer. Those who don't, give me a boo. Shame on you. There are those who love the best exotic marigold hotel film. And there are those who don't like it quite so much. Give me a boo. Very strong feelings from Joel over there. 
There's a lovely phrase right in the middle of that quite profound film. In the end, it will be all right. If it's not all right, it's not the end. Jesus says, live with confidence, live with boldness, live alive, live without fear. Because in the end, he says to his disciples, I make you this personal promise that in the end, if you're with me, it will be all right. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? We can live confident. We can live certain because we can trust in his words. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now, sometimes it's hard to trust people's words. But Jesus made it easy for them that night, and he wants to make it easy for us. You see, they met in an upper room that Jesus had sent the disciples earlier that day on ahead of him to prepare. And there were a couple of amazing things about it. Jesus said to them, go into the city, and you'll see a man in the city carrying a big pitcher, a big jar of water on his head. Now, no Middle Eastern man ever carried a pitcher of water on their head. It was like saying, you'll see a man sitting cross-legged in Christ Church Park knitting. It's unlikely that that's a reality. At least men don't knit where I come from. But when they went into the city, they saw it just as Jesus had said. And then Jesus said, when you see the man that you're almost certainly unlikely to see, carrying a pitcher of water on your head, follow that man, follow him to the room where he goes, and when you get there, say to the person who owns the house, where's the room for us to have the meal? And the disciples must have been thinking to themselves, that's a rather rude, forward thing to say. How can we just wander into a person's house we do not know, speak to a man that we do not know? He's a professional businessman from the city. We're country bumpkins without an education. How can we say to him, where's the room? It's all mad. But they went and they said to him, where's the room? And they were directed to the upper room where they were now sitting to have this particular meal. And the Bible says very simply, the disciples that day had found everything exactly as he said. And so now he says to them, do not be afraid because I'm telling you about another place another room that I have prepared. And you have seen today that you can trust me for this room. I'm inviting you today to trust me for this other room also. We can trust in his words. Live confident, live boldly, live alive, trusting in his words, but also trusting in his death. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. What Jesus was saying in those simple words is something that they all would have understood. If I said to you, I'm going to eat under the golden arches, you know exactly what I mean, because it's part of our culture. If I was to say, I'm going to Google it, you know exactly what I mean, because it's part of our culture. When um, Jesus said, I'm going on to prepare a place for you, they knew exactly what he meant. You see, traveling in Middle Eastern days was very dangerous. You were susceptible to being robbed and hijacked and beaten along the road. And so, as you journeyed from one place to another, which was usually too far to get there in a day, you needed to make sure that as darkness fell, you knew that you had a room for the night that would keep you safe and secure. 
So all along the major walk routes from one big place to another were little chefs. That's what they were. And, um, and you needed to find one in order to be sure. But you couldn't Google it or internet it or phone on ahead or anything else to book the room. So the only way you could guarantee that you would have a room would be to send someone on ahead to pay for the room. Jesus is saying, look, if it were not so, I would have told you. I am going on ahead to prepare to pay for the room. How cool is that? And at three o'clock on the Friday afternoon, as Jesus had been hanging on the cross for six hours, he said, it's finished. He might just as well have said, it's been paid. In effect, the, the weight of that word means something around that. It's all been done. It's all been completed. I've paid for everything that needs to be paid so that you on your journey can be guaranteed that when nightfall comes, when darkness falls, when the end of it all comes, there is a room there already paid. How cool is that? And you know, you've heard me say it before, and I think it's a brilliant reminder. You know when you put your credit card in the, in the thing, and you put your pin in, one, two, eight, nine, say it out loud, always stresses the people behind you if you do that. Yeah, put it in, and you're waiting, waiting authorization, waiting, waiting, waiting. It feels like forever, doesn't it? big queue, oh, it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong, it's going... and suddenly the green light and you're off and away, it takes less than 30, 60 seconds. For six hours, Jesus hung on that cross, waiting, 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 until everything was paid. Every grubby thought, every messed up action, every anger crossed word, every profanity, everything that was dirty and grubby and unclean about all that until it was all paid. Suddenly, the green light from heaven, it's finished. And with that, the Bible said he bowed his head and he died. So you can live confident. You can live boldly. You can live certain that in the end, it will be all right because he's gone on ahead and he's paid for the room. Live confidently. Trust also in his resurrection. If I go, I will come back. You see, if the runner had gone on and paid for the room and never came back, that would be hopeless. It's no good him paying for the room unless he came back to tell you which room it was and to give you the receipt and to take you to the room that he had paid for. He became the guarantee. Can you see? He came back to the main group as the guarantee that they had a room for the night. Jesus has come back as our guarantee. Hallelujah. Yeah. As our guarantee as our guide, as the one that as we walk with him every moment, we know that that room is ready. The bill has been paid. The mess up of my life has been dealt with and yours too. You see, death acts like it's the final frontier. Towards humanity, death is like it's the one thing that we cannot overcome, that we cannot defeat, that we cannot conquer. And Jesus says, look, I'm going to go through death to pay for your room on the other side, and just to prove that I've done it, I'm going to come back, I'm going to blaze a trail so that I can take you with me to be where I am. And it's a place, the Bible says, that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the thing that God's prepared for those who love him. One of the great prophetic singers who made a huge impression on me 
uh, as a teenager was Keith Green. You can Google him. Won't quite be your music, but you'll understand why it touched my heart. Uh, And he said God took six days to create the beauty of this world, but he's been working on heaven now for 2,000 years. It's going to be a heck of a place. And he's gone there already, and he's paid the price, and the room is there. And that's why Jesus, because he's the only one that's blazed that trail. Jesus, the only one who's lived the life I should have lived and died the death I should have died. Jesus, the only one who can now say, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through. There's no way in without Jesus. He's the only one who's opened up the way. He's the only one who's paid. He's the only one who's made it possible. But Jesus says, if you want to come, Come with me and I'll take you all the way home. And you can be certain of that today because I've said so and because I've died to make it possible and I've come back to show you that it's absolutely all true. Let's pray together. Ha <laughs> ha, it's amazing, Lord, what you've done. We think of all the doubts and insecurities and uncertainties that there is in this world. We think of all the things that worry us and stress us out. We think of all the unexpected turns, the different things that take place and how how on earth we can um, uh, look after our lives and we panic about tomorrow and we've got so many ducks we can't begin to get them in a row. We get a few lined up and then another one swims off and it's just exhausting trying to organize it all and then suddenly we see the risen Jesus who says, I've done it all, I've got it all covered. I've come back, and I've come back for you. And then on 40 days later on a mountainside, Jesus, the Bible says, went up into heaven, and he said that one day he'll come back again. That all of us, if we put our trust in him, that all of us who belong to him, he'll come back, and he'll take us all the way home. His resurrection, just a little glimpse, just a little foretaste, of what this world will one day fully understand, that our God reigns. And there's nothing that will stop him reigning. And there's nothing in the whole of creation, because he reigns, that will ever separate me from his love, because it's all paid and it's all done. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Stand together, shall we lift our hearts to him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the grace, Lord, you've poured out in our lives. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you that there's no part of our lives over which you're not able to reign. Thank you that your power is available to reach today into the darkest of places, most unlikely places in our hearts, to rescue us, to liberate us, and to free us. Your grace, your love for us is amazing, and we worship you.